You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. It's a wonderful life to be a Christian. I can't imagine not being a Christian. I cannot imagine not going to God's house. I used to think sometimes I heard that Disneyland in the 50s came out with a program on Sunday night and um, they would play on that black and white television during church and I, I thought I wonder what it'd be like to stay home. You know I got to church I never wanted to stay home. On Sunday night I'd get thinking because I was And uh, I said when I went to college, I'm going to learn to love it, and I love school. I wish I'd go redo the junior high and elementary and high school. I'd sit in church on a Sunday night, and we'd sing. And I'd look at my clock and say, oh, oh, it's getting close that the song service is going to be over. And then preaching, then the invitation. We've got to go home, got to go to bed, got to go to school. I can remember just not living far from here, in that little building thinking, I wish church could go on a lot longer. And I found out the older I get, so much the more as you see the day approaching. Don't fall out of church. The devil's gonna try to snare you. None of us are exempt. I'm not exempt, you're not exempt. A deacon's not exempt. A good Christian man is not exempt. He wants to snare, he, the word snare, he wants to trap you. He is gonna watch and see where you're weak. He's gonna see how you respond to sin when it's placed before you and how you react to that. And then that's where he's gonna attack. I've told you before, when I got in the boxing ring in high school, freshman year, five foot two, and I boxed Duarte, a senior, just the very name that told you I shouldn't have gotten the ring with him. And Clawson, the coach, big old neck, he had no shoulders, just a big old ball that sat on his shoulders that were there. Clawson said, Tree, bring it in there. I tell you what, I, I suited up, I had my gloves on, I was leather gloves. And, and they taught us how to, how to deliver a blow. You, you, you take that leather and you, and, you, and you throw it and you twist every time. I've told you before, the, you twist so when you hit the skin, you break the skin so it bleeds. That's, that's how they taught us when I was in high school. And preferably hit it right here so it bleeds in the eye, blinds them, then you start knocking them out. Now I know it's different today. I got that ring with Doherty. I'll tell you what, I'm standing there like this. You don't stand like this in a ring. Clawson was yelling, Trevor, get those hands up. I'm ready, man. Bring it on, baby. I'm not kidding you. I can remember exactly where we went, what they called the small gym. I was in the small gym, and I'm telling you what, he hit me so hard, I saw tomorrow. I mean, he knocked me into it. It was terrible. Trevor, get up. I got up. He knocked me down again. Man, I tell you, I had a headache that would not stop. 
I remember my senior year, we were back in boxing. The coach said, Trevor, who do you want? I looked for the smallest guy in ninth grade. I remember that time I boxed. You know, when you get in a boxing ring, you don't tell someone. Wait, wait, wait. Before we box, I, I want you, don't, don't hit me on this side. I, I was wounded there a couple months ago, and I don't want you to hit me on that side. It's still tender. You don't tell your enemy. You don't show any way to that enemy where you're weak. You don't show him where he can get the advantage. The football player, not our famous Jim Brown back here, but Jim Brown who played football and has so many records and retired so many years ago. I read an account of his life years ago and he always got up the same way. He'd make a great play, and nowadays they're all, you know, acting like idiots, and they're doing all this different. And he'd get up real slow every time. Every time he'd walk back to the huddle. They said to him at the end of the career, why would you do that? He'd never say. He said, because many times in that game, I was so hurt when I was on the ground. And if I could just get a breath, I'd always get up, whether hurt or not, I'd get the same way so I could regroup. I never want them to see me hurt. I never want to see where they got me. And the devil, he watches us. There are some things that you stumble over in life and I think, you have got to be kidding me. That's, that's your weak area. Come on. And there'd be some areas in my life that you'd say, Pastor, you've got to be kidding me. That's your weak area in your life. All of us have weak areas. Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the same, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And then he says, he says that we are so easily beset by the sins that easily, easily beset us. Some things easily beset you that don't beset me. Some things easily beset me that don't beset you. It's a struggle in my life. It's a battle in my life. Oh, Lester Roloff, he died at age 68. I can remember him singing. He'd sing it all the time. He was a very eccentric man. He was one of these health nuts. I like what Tony Hudson says, I want to die sick. So I'm, not, I'm just going to eat whatever I can eat. I don't want to die healthy. But nonetheless, and I know we want to die healthy. I know that. And he would sing the song often. Once again, I face Satan this morning. And he'd always go up. And I battle him all the day long. He's real. He's real. He hates you, young people. He hates you. He'll do anything to destroy your life and ruin and wreck your testimony. He'll do anything that will have to call your mother or dad or your pastor and say, we're sending them home. He'll do anything. He'll do anything to destroy your marriage. If your weakness is another person of the opposite gender, he'll, put, he'll make sure that there's a person in the office that could tempt you, whether you be male or female. 
If it's money, he'll make sure it's available. If it's liquor, he'll make sure it's there. If it's a fast lane, if it's power, if it's prestige, he'll put it there. Some of you ought to say, I don't want the promotion because that will cause pride in your life. That's the area, power, promotion, in charge, the manager. You gotta walk away from it. Tonight, we look at the stare of the devil in these brief moments we have. And I wanna say that he traps us, and I'll get to a, a thought in a moment, but he traps us with immaturity. First Timothy chapter number three, speaking of a, a preacher in the ministry, and he said, not a novice, lest he fall in the condemnation of the devil. You know, God calls it youthful sins. You know what he wants you to do? The, de the, devil, the devil wants you to sin early in life. So that then, and he'll say, come on, you have the right. Eve, you have the right to take the fruit. You have that right. Go ahead. And then he'll beat you up with remorse the rest of your life. I've told you so many times when I was laughing at another fellow, James. I was with the guys that were throwing stones at him and nothing, nothing to hurt him, just picking up on the stone sidewalk we were walking. He had flunked school so many times, he was in eighth grade with us. We were walking home, it was drizzling on that afternoon, I'll never forget it. And James could have turned around and beat the living daylights out of any one of us. He was shaving in eighth grade. He had been flunked so many times. James, instead of turning around and fighting us, he walked across that two little lane road and began to walk on the, the gravel over here till he got to Barbara Dutra's farm and ran out of that little gravel and he walked back. We had so bothered him. Oh, I didn't do it, but I was laughing and I was with the guys. I'll never forget how troubled he was as he was gonna cross back over and he crossed over and walked right out in front of a 1962 Valiant. I can hear right now the thud of his legs as he hit the front of that car. I saw him fly up onto the winch of that car. I can hear the screeching of the brakes and him flying through the air and landing then on the pavement face first in blood. I did not do it. I didn't throw a rock, but I was there with the crowd that did. Isn't that something? That had to be about 1963, and I can tell you exactly the weather and the time of the day, and it's always my sin is ever before me. If I could rerun, Brother Chuck, if I could just rerun the time of life, I'd say, hey, fellas, stop. I'm sorry, James, let me walk with you. But no, I was a coward. And you'll sin and I'll sin and you won't have to say, I wonder if I'll forget about it. You'll remember. David sinned with Bathsheba. said, my sin is always, it's ever before me. Let him who thinks he's without sin, you cast the first stone. Every one of us have failed on the pathway of life. The devil uses immaturity. That's why every young person here do not try to make it into adulthood without some experienced Christian, godly 
Christian guiding you. I have people tell me, well, I'll tell you what, I've been praying about this and I think God wants me to do this. Oh, really? Yes. It scares me, 16, 17-year-old. It scares me. Because you're making, well, it's the will of God. I'm not trying, and I know you're supposed to know the will of God and all, but you probably don't even understand how to find the will of God. So when I was 17 and 18, we finally had a meeting with my dad. I said, Dad, where, where do you want me to go to college? I hadn't even prayed about it. Why should I pray? He had more investment in my life than I did. He had love for me. He had more knowledge than I did. I wanted to go to Tennessee Temple so bad. My dad's in heaven. He's hearing it now. I never told him. He said, no, Jack, I don't want you. Uh, he, he said, I, I never told him. He says, Jack, I want you to go. And he told me the Bible college. I never fought him. I never double-guessed him. Why? Because I have learned by experience, as Laban said, that God has prospered me because of thee. I've learned that my dad knew more than I did. You hot shots that you think you're having your first baby, you're having your third baby, fourth baby, you're having the sixth baby, and you know everything about because I've gone online and my girlfriends have told me, here's how to raise, you have no idea how to raise kids. And the older you get, you'll even know you did not have any idea. That's why you get around Titus chapter two, an older saint of God woman or saint of God man, he'll try immaturity. Stop making such immature decisions. The devil will, pour, will, will, will tempt us with, with poor, a poor testimony. In chapter 3, verse 7 in 10, Timothy, he talked, you have a good testimony from without, lest Satan should get the advantage. He'll thirdly try weakness. The devil came in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, when Jesus had fasted 40 days, and when he was weak, he began to tempt him. And when you're weak in your physical being, the devil will come and he'll attack you. From time to time, I like you have been through the doctors through these years. And the first thing they'll ask me, how depressed are you? I said, I'm not depressed. They said, in your condition, you have to be depressed. They've been telling me that for 30 years. You have to be depressed. I said, I'm not. They said, you, your poor health will show up in your attitude. I said, I've got a good attitude. I'm on the winning side. But the devil's going to fight you where you're weak. He'll fight you where you're weak mentally, socially, spiritually. He'll fight you that area. There's where I can stare at that guy. Yeah, you get depressed with yourself. Some of you get so overwhelmed how no good and how rotten. By the way, that's probably the height of pride. Because you're not trusting God. It's not you anyway. Others, it is pride. All these things... I'll give you, the devil said. How could the devil give Jesus who created everything? How could he say, all these things will I give you? Because Jesus gave it to Adam, and Adam gave it over to the devil, and the devil in 1 John says, the whole world lies in the hand of the wicked one. And that's why in Revelation chapter 5, he's going to come back with a title deed to planet Earth and said, he is the owner. Blessed be the name of God. He, uh, all glory and praise and honor and majesty belong unto him because he is the owner of planet Earth. He's going to try money. 
He'll try money. They that weep rich will fall into many temptation and a snare and hurt from the devil. I'm amazed. Spiritual decisions based on money. God brought us here. We served with two churches as assistant pastor. Then here, I've been at three places in all these years of ministry. I never asked them how much I get paid. I never found out until after I got to the place. I don't want to know. After I got here, I found out the package. The package was my wife and I together made $8,600 into discussion after 12 months and we had no health insurance and life insurance. We had no car, no car allowance. We had a rent payment to pay of $450 a month. We had no money at all. But I tell you what, I was in the ministry. I'm not going to negotiate the will of God based on money. He's going to stare you. He's going to stare me. I remember my old college presence of Jack. These are the most dangerous times of my life. He was about my age. And he says, because I've walked with God, I've read God's word, I don't really need to study the Bible to get a message. I can get a message. But he said, if you're not careful, you can think you can depend upon yourself. But he said, I'm more determined to get in my Bible and walk with God than I've ever been in my life. Tonight, as we look at uh, this closing moments, how, how can we have victory over the traps of the devil? How can I have victory in my Christian life? One, from God. From God. Surely he shall deliver thee, Psalm 91, 3, from the snare of the fowler. Not your psychologist or your psychiatrist, not your antidepressants and not your doctor's prescriptions, but he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. God's an almighty God. All power is given unto God. All power is given unto me. Why? Because he's a mighty God. He's a great God. He's a powerful God. Friend, why don't we trust the almighty, powerful God? When the snares of the devil come, turn to God. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful grace and the things of earth will grow strangely. Turn to him. Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. I sing the mighty power of God. Great is thy faithless. How great thou art. Friend, we serve the only living God. All other gods are dead. Muhammad's dead. Confucius is dead. Buddhist is dead. Stalin's dead. Khrushchev's dead. But I want to say he conquered death. Up from the grave he arose. He is not here. Come see the place where the Lord lay. He is not here. He's risen. I serve a risen Savior. And he's going to walk with me this week. And he's going to talk with me. Lord willing, when has I... Through the night hours, get up through the night and speak to him. He's going to walk with me. Lord, when I'm in my study, he's going to walk with me. Lord, when I walk out to that cemetery this week and begin to pray and walk with God, as I go by those markers of your loved ones that have been buried, and I pray, he's going to walk with me. And by the grace of God, I get up on the levee and ride out in the salt flats this week on my bicycle. He's going to walk with me and talk. I thank God that God will help me. He'll help me.
He'll help you. Turn to him. Say, hey, God, I'm, I'm struggling. I need your help. God, you're all power. And stop whining and tell him how bad everything is. Say, God, you're so great. I need your help. I don't want to be trapped by the snare of the evil one, so I need to turn to God. I need to, in Psalm, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know it. I need to go to God's word. I find that the word of God, Psalm 119, verse number 9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. I said Wednesday night as I spoke from this Bible the first time, it's my new Bible. It's so wonderful to read it every day. I'm loving reading these blank white pages that have just the words on my, not my notes. I'm just going through it, reading it again in the fresh and marking my Bible. Someone once said to me when I was a boy, I heard it said, mark your Bible and let your Bible mark you. This book will keep you from sin. D.L. Moody said, our sin will keep you from this book. How much you're reading it? How much we're studying it? How much we're memorizing it? How much are we loving the old Bible? You show me your relationship to this book. I'll show your relationship to how you're having a victory over the snare of the devil. I want to have victory. How do I do it? Through God. How do I do it? Through God's word. How do I have victory in my life? Through resisting the devil. James says, resist the devil and he will flee. He'll come back, Colonel. He'll come back, won't he? You've been walking with him for a lot of years now, and he always comes back. I think Joe Henry Hanks, was that who got saved under his ministry so many years ago? And I thank God for Lieutenant Colonel Harder. Been saved for many years now. But I want to tell you something, what he has learned, what I've learned in other Christians in this room is you have to resist the devil, but he's going to show back up on your doorstep real soon. Just because you had victory today doesn't mean you'll have victory tomorrow. How do I have victory over the stairs of the devil? Well, I tell you how I do. God, God's word, I resist. Number four, confession of sin. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but he whoso confesseth and forsaketh. Did you find yourself like I find myself more I tell you, I'm more aware of sin than I've ever been in my life. God, I want to just confess this. We say nothing between my soul and my Savior. I don't want anything in between me and God. The phone might ring tonight on your behalf at my home, on the behalf of one of our loved ones, saying, please pray. We're on our way to the hospital. There's been an accident. There's been a this or this or this. Please pray. I don't have time to call my dear, sweet friend, Brother Van Dyke, chairman of the deacons, and say, Brother Van Dyke, I've had aught in my heart against you. I've been a little bitter. And you know, so I'm not. How could I ever be bitter in a man of God like that? But around your front, I've just been a little aught with you. I'm not right with you. I've got to get it right. I've got a grandbaby going to the hospital that needs me tonight in prayer. I can't, I can't speak to him until I get it right with you. Brother, Brother Jose, I, you're a deacon. I've got to get right with you. I've had, a, I've had a chip on my shoulder towards you. 
Brother, brother, brother Ray, I said, Deacon, I, I've, I've been upset with you last deacon's meeting. You voted against me on something. He never did. What a godly man, these men. I'm just pointing them out. Brother John, you're a deacon. I'm upset. Oh, no, I'm not. I'd like Brother John Morris to be able to call me tonight through the midnight hour if he needed to and say, Pastor, I need your prayer. I need you to pray. Here's the situation. Pray. I don't want to have to call anybody to get things right. I try I never let the sun ever go down on my wrath or my sin or anything. I do every night. We pray together. You know, it's impossible to do this. I'll tell you what, Cindy. I'll tell you what, you're driving me crazy. Let's have prayer. It doesn't work that way. And then as soon as you're done praying, I'm going to pick it back up where I left off. It doesn't work that way. I want to say that if there's something between you and your soul and your Savior, if there's something between you and your mother and your dad, something between you and your wife, something between you and your parents, something between you and your, your children, get it right. Get it right. I have answered the calls in 43 years through the night, many a time. I remember that night so well when I got the call from you and went to the hospital. Don't you remember that night, Susie? I do. I walk in that hospital, relive that emergency room. We about lost your husband that night. I feel like she, and I feel like I, and I feel like her kids were able to get a hold of God. They didn't have to say, well, Pastor, we've been having a problem with you. And I didn't have to say, I have a problem. Well, with Susie, I do, but not the rest of the family. But we all have problems with her. She's not quite normal. How in the world could I have a problem with you people? Been my friends all these years. Let me wrap it up. How do, you, how do you have victory over the stair? Walk humbly before God. God resisted the proud. He giveth grace to the humble. How do I have victory over the stair of the devil? Know the devil's devices. I know where he's going to get me. Some of you, I don't understand it. Because it's a struggle for you. It's not a struggle at all for me. But you'd say the same thing. Pastor, why would that be a struggle for you? It's not, you know, money's not a struggle for me. I, I mean that. I, that's not a big deal. That's not, that's not the thing that's going to sidetrack me. I, I really believe the deacons could take away my salary and say, you're not getting paid anymore. And I don't believe I'd have a bitter spirit. Now, don't try it, because maybe I would. Money doesn't attract me. Another church would call, and they're not calling. But if a church would call and say, listen, we'll give you finance, and we'll, we'll raise you, here's what will happen. I won't be interested. 
I'd never want money to be the issue. I care less about that. God, God's taken care of us so many times and we were backed up against the wall. Those, that first few months of our ministry when we got married, and you know the story, I won't go in, when we had no food and two days in a row, God, miraculously, when we had no breakfast, no lunch, no dinner, and God showed up and gave us a big meal on two days. Well, we had no money and we didn't tell a soul. Oh, I remember taking my wife that early morning in the snow and dropping her off at the IGA store. I opened the door, took her in, uncovered the produce, and she went to the accountant office where she worked. And I thought, you know, I'm a young husband, and I've not fed my wife no food. And lunch, she had nothing, and I had no dinner. And we went to church, and God, without anybody knowing, God gave us a meal that night. And the next day, the same. He has proven he'll take care of us. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied, God will take care of you. I close. The devil's going to try to destroy you tomorrow. And me too. Me too. He, he might say, go ahead, and it's small, go ahead through that light that's when you hit the crosswalk. It will be red, but go, go ahead, go through it. You, you can make it, go ahead. Go ahead, you don't have to read your Bible this morning. Go ahead, don't pray today. Go ahead, involve yourself in this. Go ahead and, 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 and take this little bit of money that's not yours. I was preaching t about 20 years ago at our college, and I said, and we have so many graduates out serving God, so many students that, that, that are just faithful around the world. And I said, you get ready, some of you boys. You ought to draw a little six foot wide by nine foot wide. Put a little bunk bed in there and a sink and a toilet. And get used to that because that's where you're going to spend behind bars your life. Some of you are going to get used to that. He said, I'm in Bible college. I know some of you are going to live behind some bars in a prison. That day, a young man I found out later, he said, I. I turned to the guy in the front row, down on the front on this side. He said, I'll never live a day of my life in prison. He spent many years there now. He had never guessed that he would have, the devil just tripped him up. Just tripped him up. Let's stand together, please. He's going to snare you. So many are getting snared by social media right now. You're, you're getting snared. I, I could go off on that. You're getting snared. He's going to try to trap you, to destroy you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.